Welcome to the program, everybody. You just stepped inside of Psychotic Bump School, the place where education and entertainment meet at the intersection of funk and soul. My name is DJ Rome, and I want to welcome you to another exciting edition of Psychotic Bump School. So, ladies and gentlemen, tonight we have an amazing full show. And that's right. It's a brand new episode of Psychotic Bump School coming at you. So, ladies and gentlemen, we have a very special guest returning to the school tonight, the good brother, Mr. Naru Quina. Naru Quina is an independent educator in Northern California. He's also an activist, and he is here to talk to us about the second annual Tupac Shakur Day that's happening in Oakland, California. Now, for the Southern California residents, you're aware that Tupac Shakur recently received his posthumous uh, Hollywood star on the Walk of Fame. And that happened in Los Angeles a week or so ago. I saw my man, Big Boy, from a big radio station down there. Big Boy was doing the honors there. So uh, the legend of Tupac Shakur lives on. And this weekend, specifically tomorrow on Saturday, it's Tupac Shakur Day. And Naru Kwana is here to break it all down for us. And for the remainder of the show, we're going to be listening to some archive episodes that you don't want to miss. So you might want to call your friends or family to the radio or the computer because we are about to set it off. So this is KCWGTheTruth.com. My name is DJ Rome. Welcome to Psychotic Bump School. Stay tuned for more. We're going to kick off our show with the good brother, Mr. Naru Quina. After this. Hey, everybody. This is Bunny Hearts. And you're listening to Psychotic Bump School with your host, DJ Rome, on KCWGTheTruth.com, the best internet radio station on the planet. Yes, we are back. KCWGTheTruth.com. This program is called Psychotic Bump School. My name is DJ Rome. And ladies and gentlemen, the late great Tupac Shakur has been making headlines in a very posthumous way, as you've heard, probably, or maybe not. Uh, Southern California just recently honored him with his very own star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. And of course, being of a resident of multiple cities, as he was, the city of Oakland has uh, put up a celebration. This is going to be the second annual one coming up. And they're trying to Acknowledge and honor the memory of the contributions of this talented, once-in-a-generation uh, MC artist activist, Tupac Shakur. And to help me understand what is going on in the Yay area, y'all, I am really excited to have this good brother back. You guys heard this voice before. This good brother has been my co-conspirator, riding a friendly shotgun, maybe a BB gun, when I've had some uh, educational uh, cats on here breaking down things to their final compound, and he's here to tell us about the second annual Tupac Shakur Day going down this weekend coming up in Oakland, California. So, ladies and gentlemen, this good brother is an educator, and I'm excited to have him here. So, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome back to Psychotic Bump School, our good brother, Mr. Naru Quina. Mr. Quina, how you doing, good brother? What's going on, man? I'm trying to keep up with your energetic self, man. I love it. <laughs> I love hey, man, I'm, I'm always excited to talk to you, brother. How you been, man? Man, you know, I've been I've been very well, man. I've been blessed over here, been able to do all the things that I love to do and get paid doing them. So I, I can't even ask for more. My family's healthy. Wow. Um, my friends are cool, you know. You know how it's when it's going so good, you're looking behind your back, making sure ain't nothing bad coming. That's how good it's been. I know, but see, when you do look back to make sure you're good and, and the coast is clear, you can see nothing but contribution and uh, ounce 
ounces of value that you've added to your community, good brother. I'm sure as you have and several teachers across this land, you're coming off of a, a semester, right? Are you at the end of your school year already? Are you in summer break yet? Where, where are you at as far as uh, education right now? Well, see, Rome, that's the whole thing. You haven't talked to me in a minute. I'm uh -oh. no longer no longer in the classroom. Uh -oh. uh, yeah, no, during COVID, uh, I was teaching from home and I, I actually got hurt. I got injured. Uh, I was teaching the science uh, club and I was putting some of my uh, supplies away and a bee flew by my face, Jerome, and I and I squatted Ooh. it and my whole shoulder went out, bro. <laughs> like oh, an old man. man. <laughs> and so, yeah, I um, I had to, uh, you know, actually sue my job because they didn't want to pay me. Mm. It wasn't a job, which, you know, hey, the most high was looking out for me. I ended up getting a really nice big settlement. And then mm. I ended up uh, starting my own uh, uh, couple. Well, I'm, I'm always doing hip learning. I've been doing that in my, my uh, nonprofit alternative mind foundation. But then I started a consulting uh, firm, uh, which just consists of me. I shouldn't really call it a firm. I can say a consulting business. Maybe it'll be a firm one day. That's right. And then I also became an independent contractor for arts organizations and things like that and nonprofits. So I'm actually oh, doing very well. Unfortunately, I make more money than I did uh, teaching. I, and I don't mean unfortunately for me. I mean, unfortunately for teachers. It's, it's just teachers. sad. You know, oh, sad but you know what? Um, continue healing to you, good brother. I guess I was not fully aware of that. You may have alluded to it and I probably just forgot. That's how long it's been since we actually have had a chance to chop it up. Um, you, but you're continuing to do some good things, man, despite and because of uh, that unfortunate mishap. Isn't it funny how life's silver linings just kind of emerge and present new and exciting new opportunities? Because you've always been involved with doing something innovative with regard to your educational credentials in the community. And we're going to talk about Tupac Shakur in a minute. But what do you... I mean, before we go into that, man, I mean, what does it say about how you've been able to pivot so naturally? You said, unfortunately, that you're in this situation. I know what you mean, but what do you mean by that? The average teacher in this country, to what extent do you think they are as happy and as fulfilled with their direction and their career as you are today? Well, if you were a guessing betting man, man, what would you guess? You know, it would depend on where they're teaching when when um, you're in like a private school sector like I was. You're, you actually are very fulfilled because you get to create your own curriculum. You don't really have people breathing over your shoulder. You're not teaching to the test. So in that type mm. of environment like I was in and I, I got to run my own program. So I was super happy and being around children every day, just financially, you know, I just wasn't you know, making a whole lot. So, but I, that never was the reason I got into teaching anyway, but, Absolutely. It, you know, but, but the average teacher who's in public schools and some I talked to, they really love their students, but they're always complaining. They don't have supplies. They can't teach what they want to teach. I mean, and if you look across the nation, it's some of the stuff that's going on in like Florida and other places. You're like, Oh, why yeah. would you even want to be a teacher? Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, like, that, that's, that's some craziness right there. You're right. Yeah, it's you just are. not valued. It's just not valued as high in, as in some other countries here. And, and that's that's sad. But and maybe by design. So we, we could that could, that's a whole nother conversation. It is. But uh, <laughs> thank God you're doing what you do. Good brother. Coming up on Saturday, June 24th at the Eastside Cultural Center is the Bay Area Hip Hop Forever presents the second annual Tupac Shakur Day. This is being termed the Change the World Showcase, good brother. Uh, what can you tell us about this exciting event that you're a part of? And I guess there's some other names on this flyer that I, I definitely want you to sound out for me, but how'd you get involved with this? So um, I actually am a consultant 
for uh, Bay Area Hip Hop Forever. That's the group that's putting the event on. And it was founded by Bobby McCall. And Bobby McCall is the father of Money B from Digital Underground. Oh, yeah. And I've known Bobby for, well, at least 30 years. So mm -hmm. um, he's one of my elders. And when Bobby calls and asks me to do something, I, I don't turn him down. And not too many people turn Bobby down. Bobby's a good dude, man. Mm. And, um, so, yeah, I got involved with them. Um, I'm a, a, a Eastside Arts Alliance is one of the uh, places that I am a contractor with. So I have uh, access to the facility over there and they were looking for a space to do their event. And mm. so I offered uh, this space up and so they were happy to uh, find it. It's a, it's a beautiful uh, art center um, run by artists. And they own the building and they also have uh, affordable housing above the building. It's a really community oriented space, man. And I am just blessed to be able to work with those, those people. Uh, we just recently put on the Malcolm X Jazz Festival in May mm -hmm. uh, at San Antonio Park in Oakland, which is always a beautiful event. And they just do great work, man, uh, with artists and, and the community. And it's a beautiful space. So I knew uh, they would want to have something like uh, Tupac Day there. Now, it says the second annual, but because that's just the second annual for Barry Hip Hop Forever. But literally, Bobby has been honoring Tupac uh, for well over uh, uh, 20 years, I, I would have to say. Mm. Uh, he was friends with Afeni, uh, Tupac's mom, and um, she asked Bobby to, you know, to honor her son in this way. And he's been doing it, you know, on a shoestring budget for all of these years, man. And um, oh, yeah. last year, we got the city of Oakland to recognize uh, his birthday, uh, which is the 16th as Tupac Day. And then the city of Oakland is also naming a part of MacArthur Boulevard, uh, uh, after Tupac, and I believe that ceremony is going to take place sometime in September. It's already been passed by the city council, so yeah, Tupac is getting some shine, man, and and um, you know, deservedly so, man, deservedly so. Tell us about that. What is it about Tupac's legacy that people want to hold in such high esteem, even so many years after his passing or his tragic uh, transition, I should say? Well, I mean, I think it would be different for everybody and that's the beauty of Tupac he touched so many different people in different ways like the hood you know might recognize Tupac for you know how wild he was and crazy and thug life and all of that stuff then there's another factor of people who recognize Tupac for his militancy and you know being a panther cub and and mm -hmm. those ideals and then, you know, there's just some ladies who just love Tupac. <laughs> I, mean, I, can't, I can't speak on that too much, but man. love Tupac, bro. <laughs> man, you ain't kidding, man. It's like when you ask the average <laughs> sister sometimes what they're looking for, they're essentially asking for Tupac in a suit. They okay. want that's kind of rough around the edges, but can also get down in corporate America, do a little white collar stuff. They're really talking about ghosts from the TV show Power, but Tupac <laughs> in a suit, brother. So, yeah, with the, that myriad of appeal, um, it's fascinating that people are still resonating with him. Uh, how much of it has to do with his artistry just as an MC? Because I know you've incorporated a lot of music into your teaching and into your curriculum. So what does it say about his contribution going forward in terms of the legacy of his just his artistry, his lyricism? What was it that what do you think was composed within his lyrics that have such a, a resonance with people even so long after he's uh, left us? 
I mean, when you listen to Tupac, you can just feel Tupac, you know? It doesn't feel like he it was formulaic or anything like that. It feels like it, he was really coming from the heart on everything he said. Whether you agree with what he was saying or not, you could feel that he really meant what he was saying. Mm. And um, his style was very unique. Um, I, I think maybe because he studied, you know, acting and all that. I mean, his cadence and and everything, just the way he he did it. Like it's been. I think he's probably the most mimicked uh, rapper to date to me because I, I hear his his influence on a lot of different MCs, man, and on the way they spit. Um, Let's so. talk about that. Where do you tell me more about that? Where do you most see the the, the remnants of Tupac's uh, legacy among the yeah. hip hop artists? Well, you know, it's it's kind of like like you were saying before, uh, they they were, you know, people connecting to uh, I guess more of the thug part, but then also wanting to be intelligent. You know, like Shaq G would say, you know, if you want to be like Pac, read, baby, read, and you know, so you know, if you study mm -hmm. Tupac, you know that he was very well read. He read a lot of books, and so you, you're seeing more intelligence um, from a lot of the MCs even though maybe the mainstream might not be pumping it up one mm -hmm. the, the underground hip hop that i listen to man it is so intelligent bro the people are they're hood but they're intelligent I, and i love it you know cuz i mean i'm 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 from the hood but i'm i'm not as i wouldn't say i'm i'm as super street as some other rappers but you know i, I grew up in, in in east oakland in 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 the straight up hood so i know exactly where people are coming from and mm -hmm. Just yeah. People just resonate with Tupac, man, all over, not just in the in the West Coast, but all over. And, you know, and he's initially from the East Coast anyway. So exactly. You know, so he resonates with, with people from all over. And um, definitely he's, he's kind of like occupies rarefied air because he's what I would call he's your favorite MC's favorite MC. Mm, so that mm. are checking for him are pretty renowned artists in their own right. But even they name check Tupac Shakur as one of his, their primary influences. You know what I mean? It's like we did a feature on Jeff Beck not too long ago when he passed away. He was every fa your favorite guitar player's favorite guitar player. Right, right, that's that right. Respected for what he's done for the art form on the instrument, but just as a person, I mean, he everything that he embodied was just so unique in that way. And something about passing young, I mean, he kind of alluded to it in some of his lyrics, kind of the whole live fast, die young, leave a beautiful corpse, that whole thing. People are fascinated with that. And we want to teach them, you know, about the potential longevity that you can have by fusing all of your talents together and not, you know, burning your light too fast, too strong. You know what I mean? But there was just something about Tupac, like you said, it, it was something really authentic about him, right? People just connected to this cat in particular, like no one like few people ever have. I mean, even when he was here, even when he was here, man, when he made that transition to the big screen, it was a wrap. No doubt, I mean, bro. Pun I, don't if you, I don't know if you've ever met him or been around him, but he's, he's bro, he's super charismatic. Just like his energy is just super big, bro. And, um, you know, I, I had the pleasure of, you know, talking with him a few times because uh, Shaq G was my good friend. And and then that's how I met Tupac when he was just when he was just a roadie. You know, I didn't even know he rapped like he was just roadieing for Digital Underground back in the day. And um, and I remember the first time hearing his rap, I was like, man, mm -hmm. <laughs> this cat mm -hmm. is this cat is raw, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. I, I have to say, man, um, yeah, that 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 must have been a wonderful experience. I did have a chance to meet the brother, man. One of our first events in Southern California, uh, back then we were doing an event called Brown Rice and Barbecue, and the brother came through. 
And I think you told me about that. Yeah, I think you yeah, told me. Yeah, he came right? through. Uh, I sold him a couple of drinks, man. We didn't, we weren't selling alcohol, but we were selling these elixirs. And he said, hey, I want two of them. And it was beautiful because we had been struggling. You know how it is when you're trying to get something off the ground and it takes a while for people to really trust that it's going to be a cool event. So we weren't getting huge numbers at that point, but we had a feeling that this one was going to be special. And boy, was it ever. He mm. came through, man. It was a packed house. And he just came in as quiet as anybody. I mean, for everything that you said that you could definitely sense the charisma, but he was low key. He wasn't flashy. And this was just around the time I get around was already out and pretty hot. Okay. And juice was out because, I mean, that's that's what kind of put I get around out there. more. I get around was already banging. But right, the right, juice right. movie just just really put him over the top. And he was still not tripping off of his star status. He was with the people, man. And so, yeah, I always remember my uh, meeting that cat because he he talked to me real nice, man. I have to give it up. No, good dude, man. Good dude. Real, 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 uh, real passionate dude, man. We had some real passionate uh conversations, man. Oh, tell her, can you, anything. I, you, I remember. No, I mean, I remember he got mad at me uh because when the, when the first album came out, I told him, bro, the lyrics are incredible, but I just didn't feel like the music fit. It wasn't up to par with where he was at. As an MC, mm -hmm. and he wasn't too happy. He wasn't too happy about that. He said, "Oh, you just oh. hate, man." I said, "No, nah, bro, I'm not hating you. I love you." I said, "You know, you asked me because he, he asked me what like, you think about the album, and you know, I'm I'm just an honest dude. I'm like, dude, I really like the lyrics, but you know, some of the music just didn't really, you know, fit. And then, as, as you see, as he went further, when he started getting some other music, how how incredible he he was able to shine, man. Absolutely. And, and you know, and, and, and you forget that, like you said, he's he was an actor too, and MC. I mean, that part too probably made him such, you know, bigger than life because not too many MCs come off on the screen uh, the way he did in a believable sense in all the roles he played, man. And um, yeah, you know, it, it, it to me it's just so sad because I feel like if he would have lived, bro, man, he would have. Who knows what he'd been doing? He might have been in the politics or who knows what he would have been doing, man. He he was super smart dude, man. Super, super mm -hmm. smart. Just mm -hmm. like his mom. You know, his mom is was brilliant, man. Brilliant person. I, I, I had the pleasure of uh meeting and talking with Afani as well, man. Both of them are just were just brilliant people, man. And um Oh man. Yeah, man. Tupac to me though, man, I was like, man, when he grows up, because he was just, you know, 25, man. I mean, what Fine, was he doing 25, we... man? Come on, nobody, nobody knows who they really are or what they can accomplish no. at 25, bro. No. Man. No. Not at all. Not at all. And the fact that he's still living rent-free in mm. the culture of hip-hop the way he is. And not just hip-hop, like you said, movies, television, everything. I mean, they name it streets after the brother. I mean, oh, he's iconic, bro. I mean, iconic. He's had, you know, courses in college, you know, about his work. You know, he's 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 an iconic figure with, without a doubt. And um, that's that's why, you know, I've, I've always honored uh, Bobby, you know, by helping him, you know, with these events, because mm. he's 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 definitely somebody that we, we need to remember. And like I said, I don't agree with everything Tupac rapped about or whatever, you know, and like me, we have real conversation. And mm -hmm. me being an educator and, you know, what some of the things that I, I wanted him to do, <laughs> I knew he'd do in his later life. You know, so when you're young and, and you're just, you know, feeling yourself, bro. I mean, I, what I was going at 25, I was doing probably wilder stuff than him. So <laughs> right, <laughs> I mean, right. not trying to judge it, brother, but um, yeah. just 
man, I, I, I just, that's just one of the few people who died young that I just like, man, really wanted to see the trajectory of his life and what he would do, man. I, I'm, I'm sure he would have been like over in Africa, you know, building mm. wells and technology yeah. and, you know, planting gardens. I mean, he, he was super sharp, dude. I'm, I'm sure he would, he would have did so much um, with, it, with, it, with his wow. funds, with his money. Wow. How tight were you rolling with shock at the time of when um, Juice and I Get Around came around? Were you guys still in close contact when he was producing that track for Pac? We were still cool, but, you know, like they were everywhere, bro. They weren't they weren't, you know, stationary. So you didn't, no. I didn't see him a lot. You know, I'm here in, in the Bay, Oakland, doing my thing. Um, every time he'd come to town, though, something we we chop it up or something. Um you know, when he got married, uh, and he he had a, a a reception on this boat out in um, I believe it was Emeryville, one or Berkeley, mm -hmm. one or the other. I can't remember. Yeah, Tupac was there as well. Beautiful party, mm -hmm. and you know, every time he was shooting a video out here, he called me up, hey, come be in the video, man. What's up? You know, all that type of stuff. And okay. uh, then 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 we just have off off the books conversations that I can't talk about. It's like just real cool. life stuff, and um. Me and his brother are real cool, a shot's brother, uh, Ken. He's here in Oakland. Me and him chop it up a lot. He's a good dude, too. Uh, yeah. You say he's a guitar player, right? Yeah, Ken Craig. Yeah, he's a raw man, raw guitar player. Good dude, too. Oh, man. Well, I, I can tell uh, this is this is special to you. I mean, this isn't just, uh, you know, an icon to the rest of the world. I mean, to sit and talk to somebody and just have a chance to just feel their vibe, get get a sense of their realness, you know, real, the real cats know, man, the, the heads know, I, I can't even, the heads know a real one. You know what I mean? I mean, when somebody's not pretentious. I mean, you feel that and you appreciate that because there's so many things in this business that'll corrupt you. And when you can just sit down and just have some basic conversation with people that you really do remember that man, Tupac Shakur day is coming up. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the good brother, Mr. Naru Kwana. It's called Bay area hip hop forever. It's called the second annual, and I'm, I'm going to have you uh, clear that up for us again. You, you're, it's the second annual, but what did you say it was? It's the first time you're doing it with them in this way, with Mr. McCall? No, just saying the second annual, meaning the second annual uh, Barrier Hip Hop Forever uh, as a nonprofit. But Bobby's been doing this um, oh, I see. for many years, well over 20 years. He's been doing these events, but it, uh, just finally, I, I uh, on, on his uh, committee helping them to get their nonprofit. They have a nonprofit now, and so they, they did it last year under Bay Area Hip Hop banner, and this is the second time they're they're doing it under that banner, Bay Area Hip Hop Forever, and you know honoring Tupac's legacy. So. Beautiful. Yeah, we have a, a bunch of bunch of performers coming through. We got a lot of special guests who are just gonna we're just gonna be talking about Tupac, and uh, it's a very intimate space. We, we we're talking about between eighty and hundred people, so uh, mm -hmm. we're just gonna have a few people uh, coming through. We do a, we do have an Eventbrite, and um, you know, mm -hmm. ten dollar donation, nothing crazy, you know, just to pay for the space and all that. But um, yeah, um, I, I hear that Saphir will be coming through uh, to talk wow. on it. Um, we, we've reached out to Atring uh, Gregory, his uh, first, uh, well, I think I think Leela Steinberg was first manager, but Atring helped hook him up with Digital Underground. And then there's a couple other people, I'm not sure if they've uh, committed, but uh, yeah, just coming through to talk uh, about their experience. And then we're going to, you know, open the mic up for the audience because we really want to hear from people who might never known Pac personally, but how he affected them just through the music, who is artistry, 
or whatever it was. So we'll we'll have that. And then I'm going to do a, a Tupac um, kind of a, a, a quiz. I have a lot of information. I'm just going to shoot shoot uh, out there and then uh, see see who can. We have a little swag for the winner. You know how it is. Oh, for sure. Your name is featured quite prominently on this advertising. Who else is going to be there as special guests? It says All Ages Welcome on Saturday, June 24th. That's coming up real soon, y'all. Yeah. Uh, what can you tell us about the other guests coming through? Oh, so far as performers, uh, the sister Ikeyani is going to be performing. She's a really uh, powerful MC, um, lots of energy, um, good vibes. I've got my um, RBG Next Gen is coming through. Um, I don't know if you remember the group RBG, but um, that was, uh, uh, you remember the rapper Scary X back in the day? I'm not sure if you know him. No, group I don't. Militant Brothers and and um, this brother Tracy, his group is RBG. So yeah, they're real, real, real militant, um, uh, uh, really um, spiritual brothers. Most of them, uh, you know, in the Muslim faith, um, and they okay. spit, they spit hard though. It ain't, ain't so. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Um, I got this brother, a CBO, the Automatic. He's gonna be rhyming. He's uh, one of the uh, folks who who work with the Black Panthers now. The old he works with the OG Panthers. He's always around doing good work in the community. And mm -hmm. his music is is um, a reflection of that. And then uh, you're going to see a sister named Najere. That's actually my daughter. <laughs> I got her. Oh, right. snap. Really? Yeah, she's oh. a vocalist. Yeah, she's a vocalist. And she's going to uh, be making her 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 solo debut there. Uh, so, yeah, I'm so I'm super proud because I asked her and I didn't think she was going to say yes because she hasn't really performed. She went to the Oakland School for the Arts. She hasn't been performing oh, all snap. year. And she said she was ready. So I was like, man, I'm oh, trying to hold I'm trying to hold it in my sight. You are holding it. He's <laughs> like both their names on the flyer, ladies and gentlemen. But he just snuck this in. That, that's his daughter. <laughs> What? Najere? That's how we yeah. say it? Yeah, Najere. That's my daughter. Okay, so what, how old is Najere? Najere is 18. What? And she just graduated from the School of the Arts up there? Uh, Yeah, last June, actually, she graduated. So she's oh. an audio engineer as well. And she, oh, snap. Multi-threat artist. Yeah, she's, she's amazing, bro. She's about to do it, bro. And this, well, so are you saying this will mark the first time that she's going to be performing with her daddy? No, no, no. We've actually, she's actually performed with me many times. We, oh, okay. she does, she's done hip, hip science with me and all that type of stuff. But oh. this is her solo, you know, performance <laughs> without, without me. She's doing her own thing. Oh, snap. Okay. So I'm pretty sure she's going to sing the Black National Anthem to open the event up. And then she, I don't know what else she's singing. I'm just like, just whatever, because I know she's going to do well, whatever she chooses. So. I'm Absolutely. not trying to coach her and trying to be in the way. Just like only thing I ask, can you sing the Black National Anthem? That's it. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, in this weekend of Juneteenth, uh, the Black National Anthem this month during Black Music Month is certainly appropriate. Appropriate, that is. The good brother's name is Mr. Naru Quina. Good brother. Hip learning in effect. I can't thank you enough for coming through, man. Uh, what's the best way for people to keep in contact with you and to... Uh, Attend this wonderful event. Can you tell us one more time when it is, what time it is, and where it is? The good brother, Naru Kuna. Yeah, so it's it's going to be uh, that Friday, I mean, Saturday the 24th, and it's at the Eastside Arts Alliance, and that's in East Oakland, California. Come on. Um, we do have uh, tickets on sale at Eventbrite. So if if okay. you're uh, on on Eventbrite and you look up Tupac or or even through Eastside Arts Alliance, you can see it there. Um, 
It's going to be from 1 to 5 p.m. Mm -hmm. And it's it's going to be a beautiful, beautiful event honoring the legacy of the brother um, like mm -hmm. no other, Tupac Shakur. Uh, and, and if you want to get in contact with me, man, my number is like public, 510-292-5962. Everybody calls me. Uh, hip learning at hotmail.com is my email address and um, hiplearning.org is the hip learning organization and also have alternative minds foundation.org that's our nonprofit. and um man I, I can't thank you enough brother for just Bruh. giving me that i was just inviting you to an event you said come do an interview <laughs> man, come on man it's like you know i love having you here man because you're doing some good things man every single time man i'm always inspired uh, when I talk to you, man, because you you do some real stuff in the community and, you know, that fusible link between learning and music and entertainment, man, it's right up my alley, too. So I recognize you, man. One of these days I'm going to make it to one of these events because you, you got some really good things going, man. So it's an honor for me, man. I should be thanking you. It's an honor for me to have you here and I'm happy to support you, brother. So I just want to thank you for always thinking about a brother, man, and let me know when these events come down. He just gave y'all a 510 area code. So that tells you that this is a real cat, man. He's a real <laughs> one. brother, Naru Kuna. You'll come back and join us again sometime, right? Man, anytime, brother, anytime. And um, we, we have to get you to definitely come out. Maybe we have you host one of these events with that energy and that voice, man. It would be an uh, honor. Bruh, I got to keep up now with you and Najere, man. Y'all going to be killing it this uh, weekend coming up for this event, man. But thank you, man. I, I We're going to make that happen, all right? Hey, man, you said it. I, I got you on air saying it. I mean, on air saying it, so it's going to happen. Yes, all sir. Right, brother. This is KCWG, the truth.com's program's called Psychotic Bump School. My name is DJ Roan. That was the good brother, Mr. Naru Quina. Stay tuned for more. We'll be right back after this.
My name is Matt Fritch and I'm the chairman of the board of the Hollywood Chamber of Commerce. It is my pleasure to welcome you today to the Hollywood Chamber's Walk of Fame ceremony honoring Tupac Shakur. The chamber has proudly hosted the iconic Hollywood Walk of Fame to the delight of millions of fans from around the world for more than 60 years. I would like to introduce to you iHeartMedia radio personality and Walk of Famer himself, Big Boy, who will be our MC for today. L.A., hello, the world is watching, right? Man, first off, I want to say good morning to everybody. For those out there, my name is Big Boy from Big Boy's Neighborhood. And it is my pleasure to welcome you to the Hollywood Chamber, Hollywood Chamber of Commerce's Walk of Fame ceremony. Thank you, guys. Now, before we start, we'd like to give a shout out to our fans that's watching around the world on our live stream presented by our media partner. Variety, as well as our new sponsor, Niagara Bottling. Now, the Hollywood Walk of Fame recognizes achievements in categories of motion pictures, radio, live theater, sports, entertainment, recording, and television. And today, in the category of recording, we are so proud to posthumously honor Tupac Shakur with star number 2,758 on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Come on, come on. Tupac Shakur is an internationally recognized artist renowned for his work. He defied distinction between art and activism. Though his career lasted just five years, Tupac Shakur remains one of the most complex and prolific artists of his generation with over 75 million records sold worldwide. Come on. His albums All Eyes on Me and his greatest hits collection have been certified diamond, surpassing the $10 million mark, placing that al those two albums among the top selling albums of all time. In April 2017, Tupac was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. 
Tupac also found success and critical acclaim as an actor, starring in films like Juice, Poetic Justice, Above the Rim, Gridlocked, and Gang Related. Tupac's life and legacy continue to impact and influence culture today. Just look around and see what we see right now. The Hollywood Chamber of Commerce unanimously selected Tupac for a star in 2013. But we're gonna honor him today. It's never too late. In 2015, the Grammy Museum opened Tupac's first museum exhibit, All Eyes on Me, the writings of Tupac Shakur. And in 2022, I'm pretty sure a lot of us seen this, Tupac Shakur, Wake Me When I'm Free, a fully immersive thought-provoking museum experience opened right here in Los Angeles. We are so honored to be able to continue his legacy with this ceremony today and place Tupac, his name, the legacy on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, y'all. Now, we have two speakers here to talk about Tupac today. Our first speaker, recently, and if you guys seen this docuseries, Dear Mama, the saga of Afeni and Tupac Shakur, it's now streaming on FX and Hulu, and it is a dynamite documentary. Make sure you guys check that out. So well done. Please help me welcome to the stage, Alan Hughes. What an incredibly complex human being and artist Tupac is. When making the film series Dear Mama, I was desperately searching for the melody in Tupac's journey. When you look around the world and you see those murals of him in Africa, Asia, South America, and Europe, then one day it hit me. Tupac Amaro Shakur has become a global symbol of rebellion. A symbol as visible and important as Malcolm X and Che Guevara, and, in, and, and an inspiration for activists today. Look at me trying to be natural here. <laughs> Indeed, the entire world feels Tupac's message. Not so bad for a little black boy from Harlem, right? I am beyond humbled and honored to be here to witness his family and loved ones receive this honor. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'd like to take this time to welcome a few people that's hanging out with us as well, man. First off, shout out to the members of the Outlaws, man. Thank y'all. Didi, I mean, is Young Noble here? Shout out to the Outlaws, bro. Real talk. Thank y'all, thank y'all. All righty, YG, thank you YG for coming on out. Money B, where you at Money B? On behalf of the Hollywood Chamber of Commerce, we now declare today Tupac Shakur Day right here in Hollywood. Sister Set, the stage is yours, Queen. I'll say it again, peace everybody. Peace. All right, I'm got it. As the proud sister of Tupac Amaro Shakur, the daughter of Matulu and Afeni Shakur, 
It fills my heart with honor to stand here today representing the Shakur family. Tupac knew deep down that he was always meant for something great. And as his little sister, I had the privilege to watch that greatness unfold. Okay. <laughs> From the first time he stepped foot on the stage of the Apollo Theater at 13 years old, before anyone recognized his name, he knew he had the dream to have a star here on the Walk of Fame. And now we gather here today to unveil Tupac's star, not only paying tribute to his contribution in the music industry, but also to speak volumes to the lasting impact he's had on this world. Today we not Today we're not just honoring a star on the ground, but we're honoring the work and the passion that he has put into making his dreams come true. His heavenly star will shine a little brighter today. And once again, he has made us all extremely proud. We love you, Tupac. Only God can judge me. That right? Only God, baby. Nobody else. Nobody else. All you other motherfuckers are out of my business. Really? Perhaps I was blind to the facts. Stabbed in the back. I couldn't trust my own homies. Just a bunch of dirty facts. Will I succeed? Paranoid from the weed. And hocus pocus. Try to focus, but I can't see. And in my mind, I'm a blind man doing time. Look to my future, cause my past is all behind me. Is it a crime to fight for what is mine? Everybody's done. Tell me what's the use in trying. I've been trapped since birth. Cautious, cause I'm cursed. And fantasies of my family in the hurts. And they say it's the white man I should fear. But it's my own kind doing all the killing here. I can't lie, ain't no love for the other side. Jealousy inside, make them wish I died. Oh my lord, tell me what I'm living for. Everybody's dropping, got me knocking on heaven's door. In all my memories, I see him brothers bleed. And everybody grieves, but still nobody sees. Recollect your thoughts, don't get caught up in the mix. Cause the media is full of dirty tricks. Only God can judge me. Like, yeah, baby. <laughs> Only God can judge me. Only God can judge me. Black man. 
nails trapped And they wonder why we suicidal running round strapped Mr. Police, please try to see that it's a million motherfuckers for just like me Only God can judge me Kill me can only make me stronger. For real. I don't see why everybody feels as though they gotta tell me how to live my life. You know, let me live, baby. Let me live. Pac, I feel you. Keep serving it on the real. For instance, say a player hating Marcus out to kill you. Would you be wrong for bucket a nigga to the pavement? He gon' get me first if I don't get him. Who start praying? Ain't no such thing as self defense in the court of law. So judges, when we get to where we're going, we're in the cross. That's real. Got him, lift him, crept the fuck up on him. Sold a half a million tapes. Now everybody want him. After talking behind my back like a bush, it would. Telling them shit that you could fade a punk, I wish you would. And be the same motherfuckers in the face that'll rush up in your place to get your safe. Knowing you on that paper chase. Grass, glass, big screen and leather couch. My niche is so pretty, I already sold a key an ounce. Remember Tupac and Fote Them same two brothers dodging bullets Representing the baby Pac when you was locked down That's when I'll be around Start climbing up the trunk So sick but they tried to clown That's why they write the bandwagon Still be dragging selling lies Don't think I don't see you haters I know y'all in the sky Guess you figure you know me Cause I'm a thug That love to hit the late night club Drinked and buzz Been living lavish like a player all day Now I'm about to floss some ball players Shit with Fote Only God can judge This is John Robinson, and you're listening to DJ Rome on Psychotic Bump School, the place where education and entertainment meet at the intersection of funk and soul. Here I am, here I am, here I am now, more than 25 years past my first inquiries on culture relevant pedagogy. Culture relevant pedagogy. And I find that, 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 that notion, at least my understanding and practice of it, evolving in some new and exciting ways. Hip-hop. And be an important cultural vehicle for connecting with what I've called New Century Students. If you're going to be what I would call a dream keeper today, you have to pay attention to the power and significance of youth culture. Of youth culture. Of youth culture. Or risk losing a generation of students. Of students. Or risk losing a generation of students. Or risk losing a generation of students. Or risk losing a generation of students. Okay, y'all, we are back. KCWG, the truth.com's program's called Psychotic Bump School. I'm DJ Rome. And ladies and gentlemen, we have an amazing panel here right now. 
and uh, two of these cats have been here before. One is here for the very first time. Uh, met him a long time ago, so I'm excited to bring y'all this discussion about hip-hop and education. First of all, I want to bring back this good brother. Y'all remember this brother. He was here a few weeks ago. Maybe it's been a couple months ago now when we lost our beautiful good brother, Shock G. Uh, this good brother is an educator and activist in the Bay Area of California. So, ladies and gentlemen, please help me welcome back <laughs> to Psychotic Bump School, the good brother, Mr. Naru Quina. Mr. Hey, Quina, are you on? there? What's going on? Yeah, I'm here, man, out here in Oakland, man. And yes, delighted sir. to be here today, brother. Hey, man, thank you for being here. Also want to welcome back. This good brother was here just really just literally a few weeks ago. He's got a new project out called King JR available right now on Bandcamp. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome back to Psychotic Bump School. Our good brother, Mr. John Robinson. Mr. Robinson, are you there? Yes. One, two. Peace to the world. Peace to you. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you for being back here, John. And last but not least, this good brother and I, he hooked up with my crew way back Oh, man. Uh, must have been 05, early 2000s. This good brother is a legendary producer. He's worked with the likes of Most Def, uh, Talib Kweli, The Black Star Project. And uh, he's done some amazing EPs and independent releases and solo artist releases throughout the years. He's a legendary, phenomenal uh, beat maker, but he is also highly invested into this world of education and music. So ladies and gentlemen, please welcome for the very first time to Psychotic Bump School, our good brother, Dr. Jason Rawls, Mr. J. Rawls. Mr. Rawls, are you there? Yo, yo, what's going on? How's everybody feeling? Oh, we cool and the gang, good brother. I hope that doesn't <laughs> age me too much. Everybody old enough to remember some cool in the gang, right? Yes, I mean, Come on, come on. Indeed, and in indeed. fact, John, I, don't, I know Jason, you're originally from Ohio, right? Yes, I am from Columbus, Ohio. There you go. And John, you are too? No, I'm originally from the Bronx, New York. That's right. That's what it is. And can't you hear it in his voice, man? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Come on. Man, he, he's got that jazz. Doesn't he have that jazzy drawl, though? It's like Mr. Robinson. No, it's funny. I saw a meme the other day. It's like New Yorkers don't have accents. Everyone else does. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like that's what Ryan Coogler said, Naru, when they were talking to him when Black Panther came out. And he was like, yo, that's just my Oakland accent. And You're people right, from man. California, we don't think we have an accent either. You know, it's crazy. <laughs> wow. Our hey, dead giveaway is anytime we say hella, they know. Ah, there it is. There yeah. it is. Wow. Well, I really appreciate you cats coming aboard here. Uh, you know what? There's There's been this interesting fusion of music and hip hop. And I don't think up until uh, recently, I'm really starting to see it at the higher levels of academia. So I want to talk to uh, Mr. J. Rawls first. Good brother. Uh, can you talk to us a little bit how John and you came together since I had John here a little while ago? How in the world did John and you come together, not only musically, but in this world of education? Can you talk to us about that a little bit? Yeah, sure. So I... Um... I met I met John really through the music with uh, Talib Kweli in New York City at uh, Fat Beats. Kweli told me, "Hey, you need to get this album," uh, and and I picked up the uh, Science of Life record, and and I was a fan of the music. So uh, we met later, you know, in the physical, and and we just we had a lot in common musically. So you know, we we did a few verses, songs, you know, some little things together, and then one day. We were just really building like, yo, we should do an album together. And we, we ended up coming up with um, an ode to jazz called the 1960s Jazz Revolution again. Yes, sir. And that that right there really was our uh, introduction as a crew. And since both of our initials were J.R., we just called ourselves J.R., J-A-Y-A-R-E. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. And, um, you know, and then, um, you know, fast forward, we're, we're, we're both in education, but we're not really talking about it as much, you know. Um, but we were on tour 
and we were in the hotel in LA just building and talking about life and everything. And we start discussing our students. And so we realized that our students, John has students in Brooklyn, New York, and I have students in Columbus, Ohio, but they're all, they all do similar things culturally. Uh, culturally, they, they do similar things. And we're wondering why, how does that happen? What, where does that come from? So um, I think it, you know, our, our journey on uh, creating YCP and all these things about cultural pedagogy is, is just, um, it came out of those questions, like our students, that kind of thing. Oh, wow. How about that? John, what do you recall about that? How accurate is that what uh, Mr. Rawls just said? It's right on point. And I would say to add to that and really further it, at the time Rawls was writing his dissertation and he was passing along all these different articles and this research and, you know, from dynamic scholars in the field. So me being in New York City at the time, I was under a co-teaching model with classroom teachers and really helping them better connect, engage, and get these academic subjects to be more palatable for the students in front of them, um, mostly by using pop culture references and things that young people connect and relate to. But a lot of the intel Rawls was sharing with me empowered my situation in real time. I felt the difference. I felt more empowered but even more, I started to realize, wow, when I'm in the teacher's lounge and I'm around all these other educators, no one else is reading or researching or watching anything to empower their practice and get better. Mm, All they do is complain about, you know, the students. And Mm. that kind of set my mind in the tone of, no, 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 we're the adults. You know what I'm saying? Like, we have to fix this. If it doesn't go well, and then, you know, just all these correlations with my hip-hop life and Mm. performance life started to shine in the classroom space. How about that? See, we, you and I didn't get into that very much the last time you were here, John. So can I level set this for the audience a little bit? I work at a high school. John, what level are you at? Middle school. Look at that. And Mr. Rawls, obviously, you're uh, at the higher ends, echelons of... Uh, I am college. now, but I did I did um, uh, 17 years K-12. I've taught fourth grade up to 12th, so... Man, I had no uh, idea. Yeah, wow. so I, I did that, and now I'm in, I'm in higher ed. But yeah, so I'm with you guys. Absolutely. Mr. Quana, and what level are you at? Well, I, I, I was in kindergarten, first grade, and then I ran after school programs as well. So wow. I've been an educator for over 30 years. I, 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 was, I started when I was in my 20s. So mm-hmm. um, I was going to just ask these brothers, man, how do y'all balance the music and being in the classroom? Like those are really like two full time careers. Tell so me about how, it. How do you guys do that? Uh, either one of you can go first. It's a great question. Um, I'll set it off and say, I'm no longer in the classroom currently. The last year and a half has flipped that on its head, you know, created a couple companies with colleagues, uh, Youth Culture Power with Jay Rawls and myself being one of them. And it allowed me to really envision the work in an entirely different angle and more from a remote space and in person, but not necessarily in classrooms. Working with Jay Rawls, we've been working with a lot of teachers and administrators behind the scenes so that they can take a lot of these findings and experience and intel into their schools and classrooms to activate, you know, so Mm -hmm. that's been a powerful experience. But to answer your question directly, 
at the time that I was in the classroom and still an artist, I, I didn't separate the two that much. You know, I felt like, like what I was just saying, I felt like my artists and hip hop life validated me being in the space because I was there for disruptive purposes and a good, uh -huh. you know, like literally. And the whole point was, um, what do you, you mean know, by that disruptive purposes? Like I started out on a high school level, middle school ended up being the sweet spot of just where I learned the most mm. but I started in a high school level. And the disruption was there were a lot of super seniors in New York city who were stuck in high school because of mm. standardized exams, the regents, yes. wow. math, ELA, uh, mostly math, science, and ELA was just, you know, locking these kids in, they couldn't get out of high school. So I entered in with the perspective of how do I relate things that they need to know for this exam to their lives and their realities, their culture and their mindset so that they could understand these concepts better. So things like hierarchy and social uh, societies to a deck of cards, they all play spades. They know mm -hmm. the hierarchy of the card. Mm -hmm. Now I'm putting mm -hmm. the French connection into a deck of cards or you know, world wars is now becoming rap beef or social media beef and all mm -hmm. the, you know, nuances that go with the social media beef that they can easy, easily explain, connect that to the academic concepts of world wars and those nuances. Oh. And now they never forget it because they learned it from what they know. Right. That's, right. that's the way to do it. John, but John, I was kind of more thinking about like, if you had to do a tour or something like that, like how, how does that work as far as being educated? Were you just set uh, in, 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 in your area and you weren't touring at the time while you were teaching or did you have to like leave sometime? That's, I was kind of curious about that aspect. I did, no, another great question. Um, I was in, a, like I said, this was a disruptive scenario, specialized, <laughs> you know? Like I always told the students, 20 years from now, y'all gonna be like, oh yeah, that's a thing. I used to learn like that, you know? Like seriously, y'all are part of a revolution going on in real time. But to answer your question, I would, I would leverage the fact that I was traveling and use it as a power everywhere I went. And the places I remember going during being in the classroom, places like Japan, places like Australia, um, definitely in Europe a few times. And what I would do is, send the substitute video to play for the class. Nice. The time nice. I was gone and show them where I was and show them my outside world, et cetera. But even talk to the principal about what this was doing for the class and how it was, you know, when I get back to school, I would have to shut down the whole class just for questions. Mm. So wanting to see pictures and video and the, and it gave me just a different connection with Listen with an open ear, hear the magic, so tragic, too many educators frustrated, some say they hate it, others get updated, so blatant, just tune into the voices aggravated, we gotta activate it, state it and translate it, and mostly just listen, well not, mostly just listen, 
This is for my educators here for the long stay. Shine with positive vibes, they go a long way. I never tell my students shut up or be quiet. Instead, I listen to the blueprints they're supplying. Work. First, understand this is their voice, their expression. The same chatter is what taught me these lessons. I learned things like who barely slept last night because their parents are having issues and had a real big fight. Right? Classroom chatter, it all matters. Listen with an open ear, hear the magic. So tragic, too many educators frustrated. Some say they hate it, others get updated. So blatant, just tune into the voices aggravated. We gotta activate it, state it, and translate it. And mostly just listen. Well, this is KCWG, the truth.com's program's called Psychotic Bump School. I'm DJ Rome. That was the good brother, Dr. Jason Rawls. Jay Rawls, y'all. We're also joined by the good brother, Mr. John Robinson, Mr. Robinson. And my co-host for this segment is the good brother, educator, Mr. Quina, Naru Quina, out of the Bay Area, California. Well, uh, John and you have been talking quite a bit about YCP. Which one of y'all want to go into that before we go into the specific curriculum happening at Ohio Patton College, I believe it's called? Is it called Patton yeah, College? Patton College of Education. Yeah, I'll yes. let John talk about YCP and I'll talk about the Patton College. Yes, sir. YCP goes back to exactly what Rawls was saying early on in some of our earlier conversations just merging our worlds of music and education, one of the things that fascinated us the most was the seamless communication between young people across the world, really, but we couldn't put our finger on it. Like we couldn't see how they were communicating in this way, but it also reminded us of how we were able to do the same before the internet and before there was you know, this level of technology to communicate with but then it's also leveled up to really understanding that young people are creators of culture that we leverage, live from, have graduated with, i.e., you know, how people use emojis and SMS abbreviations. That's young people creation. You know, we right. wouldn't be LOLing and SMHing and OMGing if it weren't for youth culture. Mm-hmm. But then it became, oh wow, there's a power in this that's not being valued. Young people have this cultural capital that they walk into spaces with all day long. Mm -hmm. And especially if you're from a certain hood, you've been improvising your whole life for survival, just in general. So of course, if you could connect to this academic subject in a real way that relates to you, you could ace it with no problem. Mm -hmm. And it became, okay, so how do we leverage this communication into pedagogy and share it through our findings with other educators to create this path of really seriously valuing young people, all of them, understanding that, no, 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 they have a brilliance. No, 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 they're next level. Yes, they are cut from this cloth of technology that we're speaking about. Mm. And they're faster, they're more efficient in a lot of ways, but we're not pointing them to the brilliance. We're not highlighting it. We're not giving them a positive relationship with learning and school mm-hmm. and it's important. And then we wonder why they run the other way. Yeah. See themselves. So that's that's the essence of YCP. Absolutely, absolutely. Good brother Rawls, you pick up from there. What's happening with uh, at Patton? Uh, talk to us about that program going on there. Sure, well, so, so here's where we are. Um, I actually was um, 
I graduated from the Patton College of Education, Ohio University, with my doctorate in 2017. And so I went back in 2019 to do a a, a seminar on hip-hop-based education and youth culture pedagogy, et cetera. And, um, you know, um, the powers that be there, the dean, uh, the assistant dean, several others approached me and said, hey, this is something revolutionary. We think it's important for teachers, uh, pre-service teachers to learn about these types of things. And they realized that a change was needed. And so um, they asked me to come on board and help uh, work on, and we actually created a steering committee to work on these pro- uh, these projects. But the HOPE program stands for Hip Hop Ohio Patent Education. And what it is, is basically, it's the first hip hop based education program in a college of education anywhere in the, in the United States. So there's wow. there's sprinkles of classes everywhere, but mm-hmm. nobody has a program and we have a program now in Athens, Ohio. So I need everybody to spread the word so that everybody knows this is where we are headed. And I think this is an important step for hip hop based education. Um, and then the wow. Brothers Rise program is something that we're also doing. And it's something reminiscent of uh, Call Me Mister at Clemson. In the state of Ohio, we have less than 1% of our teachers in the state are African-American males. Less than 1%. Think about that. That's crazy. You know, um, and so where we are with it is, okay, so we're actually working to recruit, retain, and help graduate African-American males in the Patton College of Education. So we have a program that we're going to work with them. We're going to nurture them. We're going to make sure... Um, you know, they get through all the pitfalls of, of college and et cetera. And, um, you know, we're, we're just trying some do, new things. Absolutely. I'm not mad at you, man. So to actively recruit for people to enroll into this program, do you have to go down to the high schools to, to talk to students, aspiring juniors and seniors to encourage them to consider a program such as this? We're going to the high schools. We go to the community centers. We go to churches. Um, we're building wherever black males are or, or their champions. That's where we're going. Wow. Well, champions abound. And uh, wow. Because, yeah, I was thinking as I was listening to you speak, I was thinking that, they, yeah, I've heard of courses such as this at the, you know, just courses, individual courses. But this is embedded into an actual teacher program. Yes. Like people who are training to be teachers. Ladies and gentlemen, I think I, <laughs> I need you to understand the significance of this. You said this is the only one in the country of its kind. It doesn't kind, exist. Right? Doesn't it doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. Most most deans and 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 around different camp, college campuses aren't aren't willing to go this far. And our dean, Renee Middleton, she was and that's I mean, I'm, I give her her props. We're taking it to the next level. Well, Mr. Quinnad, this is definitely next level. We got, I mean, you say less than 1%. It's like, we got four brothers in here, right here, right now, who all work in education. And we know how we, when we go to our respective campuses, Mr. Quinnad, we don't see very many people that look like us, right? And so what what are your thoughts on, just because I'm just thinking, just seeing Mr. Robinson and Dr. Rawls heading a class, and even in your experience, I mean, that immediately is, it's on putting, not off putting, on putting. I just made that up. No, I like that. I like that. <laughs> because it's like there's you 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 break the barrier of the imposter syndrome, right? Because you have built-in credibility with students who you don't have to worry about having to prove yourself or being exposed as a fraud. All that's gone. Those barriers are gone. Mr. Quinnah, I'm just wanting to get your thoughts. What do you think? Man, I, I love it. I mean, you know, for me, it's 
it's never been really uh, an issue since I was working in the private school sector. I had full control over all my own curriculum. I didn't have to follow any guidelines. There was no testing. There were no there were no uh, grades in, in the school I worked at in Berkeley. So I've always had a different experience and I've always been free to bring in the, the classroom whatever I wanted to. And um, so I'm, I'm really delighted. I, I, I was looking, I see they have a book out and everything. I'm like, juice, yeah, man. man. I see the brother Christopher did the foreword. I, I met that brother before. It's, I'm ready. I'm about to jump on the book and, and, and see what right. the deal is. Because, I mean, I've long, I, I've, I stumbled upon teaching hip hop by accident. I'm teaching with hip hop by accident. I mean, because I, you know, when you're, in, when you're in a private school sector, and let's say I was, this was in the uh, 90s. I was really trying to keep my hip hop separate from my teaching because I was like, no, nah, they're not going to accept this. You know, I was like thing. one of the only, mm -hmm. I was, I was the only black teacher at the school at the time. I'm like, yep, they're not going to really, but, but, but something happened at recess one day, my students who were five and six were singing. I don't know if y'all remember this song. You ain't nothing but a hoochie mama. Anybody remember that one? <laughs> I oh, don't, man. but I get it. Man, yeah. and, <laughs> we get it. <laughs> and, and I was like, my first thing was I'm about to like stop them from singing it. But then like just John, when you were speaking earlier, it was it was similar to that. I'm like, let me let me see what these children are doing over here. Mm. Brother, they they knew the whole song about three and a half to four minutes. Wow. Word for word. Yep. And I was teaching science to them at the time and they were bored out of their minds. Mm. And I was like, look, if I can put these science lessons in the hip hop form, they're gonna learn these lessons. It's gonna lock in just like we lock in the alphabet. We all go back and say the ABCs to remember what letter comes after the other. It's, it's you know, it's embedded in our heads. And and, and literally that's how I began teaching. And they were, the, the, but once the, uh, the, the parents were the ones who advocated for me. The other teachers weren't so keen on it, but the parents, once I, I, I went home, I was doing music. I um, gave all my students a CD. I made a 10 song uh, CD about the human body. The parents, they it were blown away. It was very dope too. I, saw, they, I checked out some of it too. It was very and dope. They, av they advocated for me to be able to do that in the classroom, but I don't know if I would have been able to get away with that in the public setting. So to hear that, this university is, I'm blown away, brother. This is Ooh. so amazing. And I, I want to help support it and move it Thank in you. any direction that you, you want to see it go in. I, I'm also a grant writer. So, you know, it, I'm, I'm down to get help, get funding for, to put it in other areas. It is, I'm, I'm, I'm sold on this, bro. Wow. Thank you. Give yeah, me. that's tight. Mr. Quinasso, the public school setting you anticipated, you probably would have had more challenges. So John and Jason, um, what, what, did you have any obstacles to overcome in order to get this? Did you have to overcome the skepticism of people who were naysayers, who questioned the validity and the power and the palpability of a curriculum such as this? What'd you have to overcome in order to make this real? You always have to overcome uh, skepticism, uh, no matter what you're doing, especially if it's different um, or something yep. that, that's a change. Um, you know, there, there's, there's been uh, small naysayers, but it's not, you know, this will be the first semester that I'm teaching the course. The first okay. course is uh, introduction to hip hop based education. Um, and this will be the first semester, fall 2021. So um, I'm sure we'll have our naysayers uh, come back. Let's let's talk again in December and I'll, let's I'll, do that. I'll let you, you know what I'm saying. I'll let you know yeah. who said it wasn't going to work or it's this or it's that. But, you know, at this point, um, you know, that that's that comes without saying anytime you do hip hop, 
it, it, everything is, you know, people fight every step of the way. So we're right. not, we're not really even worried about that, but you know, yeah. we keep it moving. Absolutely. So this, I mean, this is a graduate program, right? So it's not, this isn't an elective. Undergraduate. Right? Undergraduate. This is an undergraduate. So, undergraduate. Oh, and it they, is. They, these are, um, the way I'm writing them now, I'm actually in the process <laughs> right now of uh, what we call in the state of Ohio is making it a tag uh, course, which means that any college in the state of Ohio, uh, there's it will uh, mesh with their curriculum, basically. So this is the this class is going to take over for the regular introduction to teaching. So mm. my class is uh, EDTE 1010. And the regular class is EDTE 1000. So my class will take everything that you need to know to be a teacher in the state of Ohio and add in culturally relevant pedagogy and hip hop based pedagogy and um, and also um, youth culture pedagogy. So that's nice. that's what we're doing. We're adding on. So basically, you're going to get everything that you need to be a teacher. Plus, you're going to get some culturally relevant aspects as well. Absolutely. So are they making it a requirement or is it considered an elective? It's a it's a choice. You can take either the the hip hop based education or take the regular strand of education. Mm. You see what I'm saying? So we're yeah. setting it up to basically see which one students are going to going to go to. What are they going to oh, wow. what are they going to kind of kind of pick? Uh, and I have no doubt what they're going to pick once, you know, once the word gets out and we oh, get it moving. <laughs> yeah yeah now I, are they going to give man okay so yeah that's why i definitely want to have you back in december because i want to make I, I want them to give this a chance to work and a chance to blossom because nothing is going to necessarily hit the ground running immediately Correct. and be Correct. at top speed right away you know what i'm saying Correct. well i, have, kind of I have two i have two sections of it and they're both already filled so oh look at that a, that's a good sign that is good so how many students can enroll in one course at a time uh 20 they, they capped it at 25 Okay. Uh, I'm actually about to advocate for 30 in each class because I have um, I have students uh, emailing me already asking, can they get in? So we have um, an online version of the course and a face to face and the online so far can only have Ohio University students in Athens. However, we're working on it so that we can uh, be able to open this to students all over the country. That's the goal. Brother Ross, I'd like to ask, uh, is this course something that you are going to have ownership over or the university is going to uh, own this this uh, course? It's basically uh, ownership by me. However, um, the, the university gets first crack at it, but it, it's all it's all of my uh, uh, work and, and based on, on research uh, from me and John as well. So um, we can we can still uh, copy this and take it to other universities respect that's that's a great thing and one more question yes sir. i wanted to just hear a little bit more about how what aspects of hip-hop you are using uh to incorporate in in this model sure the first thing that um we teach so we start the course i mean and i'm actually looking at the syllabus i start the course with a um a look at um first do you want to be a teacher and why we talk about that and then we talk about the roots of US education. So we take it back to the colonial period, um, to the early national period, uh, to, to some of the, the, the land ordinances of uh, 1785, some of the reasons that we have separation of church and state, uh, some of the reasons that we have um, uh, the way that high schools were, were formulated 
uh, in the late 17, early 1800s. So we go there and then we take it to a, um, a quick um, week-long discussion of the origin of hip-hop. And we talk about hip hop. So they learn about the elements because I can't teach you about hip hop based education and you don't know who Africa Bambata is and you don't know who Cool Herc is and you don't understand about the 1977 blackout and why that was important to the spread of hip hop. Um, so we go, I, I go in, I go in and I teach them about hip hop and then we move into culturally relevant pedagogy. Um, we talk about uh, everything from classroom management to um, uh, the code, uh, the ethics, the code and constitution, school governance, laws, and uh, school finance. So we get into everything. Thank you. Classroom that, that, management. Brilliant. brilliant. So, Mr. Quinnah, Mr. Robinson, Dr. Rawls, I was a substitute teacher. I forgot to mention that. So <laughs> when you would when you would be absent, Mr. Robinson, I'd be filling in for you, right? And so nothing would stick in my crawl so much is to see out of control classroom. So when I hear Dr. Ross talking about they're actually teaching classroom management, I'm like, thank you. It's like they see me coming. Well, first of all, all of us, when we go to our respective campuses, people are happy to see us. Not only will they sometimes want to send us, I mean, maybe not in your case right now, currently, Dr. Ross, but I'm just imagining throughout your careers at some point, if they see you're the black male teacher on campus, they're sending you the behavior uh, students. The ones oh, that need gosh. extra supervision and need that oh, stern, oh, <laughs> right? I think that's all of us. That's all of us. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So, classroom management is, is such a. How does that play into hip hop, though? I'm. I'm. I mean, I'm. I think it's great. I, I've been waiting for this. I'm gonna let John. I'm gonna let John break that down. Yeah. We got, we got a theory on that. Go ahead, John. Oh yes, please. Absolutely. Um. Well, classroom management starts with four letters, C-A-R-E, and it's four tenement, tenets of YCP, right? Mm. Care. You got to care first. I love the fact that uh, Dr. Roll said, you know, we start out by asking, why do you want to be a teacher? You know, seriously, why do you want to be a teacher? Why do you want to get into this field? Because in real time, it's hard to fake that. You know, like it's hard to fake that and say something that's just, you know, uh, what people want to hear. Right. Right. But I'll say all that to say um, listening with an open ear, like listen to your students, but more so care, show this level of care through many different uh, facets. But understand, too, that your job is to really be a a learner of your students. That's right. You should be learning who they are outside of just their first and last name, et cetera. But again, put them in the driver's seat more often than not, meaning allow them to own how they learn. Mm -hmm. You know, I'll give a quick example on how this hit me in real time and how I discovered this right in class. You know, um, I didn't necessarily go to a school to learn these things. So long story short, I'm in class and I would always use these attention getters or call and response, right? To bring everyone, uh, you know, to attention so that I could get the, get to the next step of what we're learning. And my go-to was always, when I say my check, say one, two, one, two, my check, one, two, one, two, right? Mm -hmm. And one day, one of my students says, 
Mr. JR, ah, that's so old school. <laughs> and then I literally said, okay, so what would you do if you set off a call and response? What would you right? do? How you rock a party? <laughs> and she stood up in the middle of the class and said, Red Robin, and the whole class said, yum. Ah. <laughs> blew my mind for a couple reasons. There were no Red Robins in New York at mm. all. So none of them ever been there. They just knew the commercial. But then also it was because she made it up and it was from their peer group, mm -hmm. they owned it in a different way and it worked and became more effective because wow. it was theirs, they chose it. And mm -hmm. I think that's a part of, that's the deeper level of classroom management, those connections and relationships. If you don't really have this real connection with your students, you can't manage them. Absolutely. And this is a different level of genius that we're dealing with here. Yes. These students have, you know, they're us with technology that speeds it up even more. You know what I'm yes. saying? So it's yes. like, come on, they, their lens is so deep and they don't get the credit and, wow. you know, true uh, value for what they do in this world and how they think and what they already come to the class with. But I'll say, yeah, it starts with those relationships, connections and care. That's the true layer of classroom management that you start with. Man, Dr. Rawls, uh, Mr. Robinson just mentioned care like several times. How well did he capture the theory that you were talking about before he started speaking? Well, he helped write it, so. Absolutely. <laughs> he, he, he captured it very well. It's, it's about culture, um, creating an affable learning environment, um, building strong, positive relationships with students, and also a concept that we have called egalitarian the classroom. So if you think about your classroom as a government, you know, do you want to be an autocracy? Do you want to be a democracy? Um, we suggest an egalitarian style, which is um, when a king or a queen believes that their subjects are equal to them. And that's what we're talking about. So respect your students enough to give them student voice, to let them uh, have input like John mentioned with the uh, the Red Robin story. And mm -hmm. once you do that, you build those kind of things where you have relationships. So when you come in, uh, Rome, and, and come in to, to substitute for my class, my <laughs> class isn't going to wild out on you because they they respect me enough to be like, mm. come on. You know what I'm saying? So they're not going to wild out on you because they don't want to disappoint me and let me down. And, and, and uh -huh. it's more of a... Um, it's not necessarily that we're I'm going to punish them or do something right. like that. It's just when I come back, we're going to have it. We're going to get in a cipher and we're going to talk like, yo, exactly. so Mr. Rome told me y'all was wilding out, man. What's going on <laughs> with that, man? See, y'all let me down, B. Yeah, I feel exactly. bad. Like, what's how, how can we rectify this? What can we do? Right. My bad, Mr. Rawls. You know, my man, we, uh -huh. we that kind of thing. So we, we build uh -huh. a relationship so we don't have to, to be punitive. Whew. Man, if I were subbing, I, man, first I was a sub for 14 years and I loved it. And I know for, without a doubt, if I were subbing for any of you cats, I would have <laughs> no problems. I'd have no problems. And trust, I would be writing a, you know, you, you come back and read those beautiful teacher notes, how well the class did or which period was acting up and were you able to get to everything on the lesson plan and yeah. were you able to implement and pass out the work? Did you assign the homework as it was left 
you know, for you by the teacher, all that stuff. But I, I'm guaranteed that I would have no problems. Well, Mr. Quinnah, this is Dr. Jason Rawls and Mr. John Robinson. They're a part of a collective as a, a hip hop conglomerate, uh, collectively just called JR. Uh, they got this youth culture power book, and I just put that up a second ago, and they have this amazing curriculum where Dr. Rawls is uh, teaching hip hop and education at the collegiate level. I cannot thank y'all enough for being here. What's the best way for us to, Dr. Rawls, get more people aware of this? Can they go to a website? Can they contact John or you, Mr. Robinson or you? What's the best way for people to follow up on all this? Well, you know, the best way is going to be if you go to Ohio, um, www.ohio.edu slash hope program, H-O-P-E. Um, that, that'll give you information on that. You can also reach out uh, to me if you're interested in the hope program at Rawls at Ohio.edu. And, uh, and I'll let John break down, you know, uh, all of our YCP because we got the book. Y'all got to come check out the book. Yes, sir. Let me, see, let me see if I can put that up. Go ahead, Mr. Robinson. Absolutely. Yeah, I was going to say um, definitely check us out online. Uh, the website is itsjayare.com. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, we have connection to the book there, the album and other content that basically describes a lot of what Rawls will be doing this semester at OU and a way to connect with us directly there. If you're on social media, we're also on IG, same thing, it's J-R-Y-C-P. So at I-T-S-J-A-Y-A-R-E-Y-C-P. And you could connect with us there. And it's a really exciting time for us. Um, our next update of the site, et cetera, will include, uh, we have an upcoming online uh, online course based on the Youth Culture Power book mm. and album. We also have an audio book version of the book launching very soon, as well as an activity guide that's a companion to the book that's not only suggesting several different activities for teachers to put in their arsenal and try out, but also challenging teachers to come with us on this ride to slowly but surely develop this mindset to fish for yourself. Mm. Get in space. How do you tap in? How do you better understand? How are you a white teacher who becomes an ally more so than appropriating culture? Come How on. do you center hip hop culture and youth culture in your room, even if you're not connected as enough, enough to be a practitioner yourself? You know, wow. and these are the things that we'll be sharing in this uh, companion the activity guide, which is very exciting. So hit us up. If this is something you resonate with, we're always down to build, connect, and what I like to call build pyramids, things that'll be here long after we are. So we're building pyramids. Yes, a monument in your honor. Absolutely. Well, I sure appreciate you all, man. Dr. Jason Rawls, Mr. John Robinson, my good brother, Naru Quina is also here. Good brother. See, this is why I needed you here, man. These cats, man, they're, they're my reflection. You know, they're, they're everything that I aspire to be as an educator long-term. And I just wanna be like them when I grow up. And I mean <laughs> that, I'm being silly, but I mean it because this is where it's at, y'all. Uh, Mr. Quinnah, final thoughts from you. 
Brother, first and foremost, I just want to say thank you to both the brothers for, you know, you don't have to be in the classroom. You're doing hip hop. You have some pretty, you know, outstanding careers, you know, outside of this. So this shows that you both really care about our, our children out here. So I just wanted to first and foremost say thank you for doing that. And um, this is only the beginning. I could see uh, we're actually having our own schools. You know, we need to get back to that at some point. So I can see this as a foundation for actually building uh, our own schools and and running the whole curriculum not just having one one course but running a whole curriculum and um i i believe this uh start you guys have done is is gonna just take off man on, on many different levels so again just just thank you brothers and uh, again i want to be able to uh help you in any way i can so we'll we'll get connected after this and um we'll, we'll keep this moving well, that's our show, y'all. Psychotic Bump School is the place where education and entertainment meet at the intersection of funk and soul. My name is DJ Rome, and you know we're here every Monday evening from 5.30 p.m. to 7 p.m. Pacific time. Check back with us. We shall return next week. Also want to thank our very special guest for the evening, my good brother, Mr. Naru Kwana. Thank you for holding it down with me. John Robinson and, of course, Jay Rawls, Dr. Jason Rawls. Also want to send a very special shout out to Mr. Frank Starks, who is the Iron Man behind the board. And we're out of here, y'all. Take care.